Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. In person this time, dude. We're in studio, dude. That means the last episode doesn't count, and this is essentially the first episode of the new season, dude. Uh, Training camp started, dude. Uh, Dude, I just want to say we've done two weeks in a row at the time we said we were going to. Yeah. I think uh, we got at least another week in us <laughs> at least before one. something derails it. But Maybe uh, two. Outstanding. Outstanding. Consistency. Yeah. That's the name of the game this year. And uh, consistency, hopefully that's the name of the game from the Sharks as well Ooh. in terms of lack of injuries, in terms of replacing uh, veteran scoring, dude, in mm-hmm. terms of roster battles in the preseason. Will we see consistency from Arendelle? There's so much to talk about, dude. I don't even know where to start. I'm excited. Camp has started. First preseason game is this week. That's right. Here we go. Here we go. And the rookie camp happened. Uh, we saw all the young guys play, all of the, the, the several names that we've heard bandied about as possible roster spots, Jacob Middleton, um, Sasha Chemilevsky, even Chekovich. Merkley was there, Alex True, all the Joachim Blitchfield, all these guys um, all played. I wouldn't say any of those names I just mentioned really stood out in the rookie game or in the rookie tournament, which the Sharks went 3-0 and against the Ducks, which I guess is good, especially since the Ducks, I think, have a much higher rated uh, um, like prospect pool. But anyway, so... There's no obvious uh, front runner right now. Oh, this guy's definitely going to be on the opening day roster. Um, but, you know, that's all going to unfold over the next couple weeks before, uh, you know, opening day. It's too soon to say who's going to make the roster right now, who's going to seize the opportunity because there's several opportunities. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the names that you've already mentioned some of them, but uh, players who we should probably be paying more attention to in the next couple of weeks than like monitoring how much ice time Timo Meyer gets, right? Right. right. Uh, here's some names. Some we know well. Some uh, we have heard but never seen them play. And some I've only heard of for the first time uh, by doing a little research. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Bergman. Dude, Leon Bergman. Okay. Uh, signed as a free agent, an international player, younger than most of the guys that Doug Wilson usually... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost said younger than the guys uh, Doug Wilson usually goes for, but <laughs> I, I, I I did just say that, you but I almost that, but actually said it in, in an actual context. In, in a different way, though. Uh, younger than uh, the type of international player Doug Wilson usually signs. How about that? Right. Uh, he has international experience playing for Germany in the 2019 World Championships. It's an interesting player. Went mm-hmm. undrafted, went over to Europe, played, uh, is now in the Sharks system. Um A player to watch. I mean, he has professional experience and international experience. And the Sharks have been pretty good about unearthing talent over in Europe. Johnny Brodzinski, dude. Yeah, he's the one that some people were talking about. I guess he was the best scorer on the Barracuda last year. No, he was an LA King. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm uh, confusing him with someone else. He was that's Alexander True. That's Alex True. You're right. Um, 
Brodzinski is new to the team, signed as a free agent uh, on a one-way deal, I believe. So, you know, if he doesn't make the team, then he's going to have to go through waivers to go down to the Barracuda. I don't know how concerned they are about that, right. really. I mean, I think they're not just going to keep him around in, in fear of losing him. But he's a guy who came in with a pretty good uh, reputation to the league. He was a, a good scorer in the AHL with the Kings, 27 goals two years ago. Uh, last year, it looked like he was knocking on the door for a roster spot on the Kings, got hurt. I think a shoulder injury derailed him they did not sign him because their team's just so good right they didn't need to keep him around um and he's a candidate to be you know playing he's a right winger i believe so a candidate to make this team Mm -hmm. i think they're looking for a right winger uh to play in several different forward combinations could it be Johnny Brodzinski, dude? Do you have an age on Johnny Brodzinski, dude? Um, I think he's 52. 52. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, that's about what the Sharks are going for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard he has some offensive upside, which obviously the Sharks are going to need desperately since they're replacing Jonas Donskoy and Joe Pavelski, as we've mentioned so many times. Jonas Donskoy is on my mind because I actually just read the Dom decision, uh preview of the Colorado Avalanche, which we don't need to get into now, but we might want to touch on some of those previews later on in the show. What do you got about Johnny Brodzinski, dude, now that I killed some time for you? He's 26 years old, dude. Okay. 26. Okay. So and he's no like super young rookie guy, but he might. Nope. he's still well within sort of the the peak age uh, of hockey players, so he might be able to contribute. Yeah, accomplished collegiate player at St. Cloud State and you know, has, you know, almost 200 AHL games under that. I would know actually not even that uh, about 150 AHL games under his belt. He he's played, you know, almost 50 uh, NHL games. So it's not like this guy has no experience. It'll be interesting to see if they've unearthed, uh, you know, a, a cast off from the Kings or if he is just going to be AHL depth. Right. Dude, uh, Ivan Chekovich or mm-hmm. Chekovich. I'm not sure which it is. Right. We're going to find out. Yep. Um, elite score of the junior level, Sharks draft pick. I mean, if he has a a, a good camp, you know, is he the favorite right now to snag that top six spot? Not Sasha Timolevsky, dude? I don't know. Is it one of the two? I think it's it might be Sasha Timolevsky, at least based on quote-unquote media hype. He seems to be mentioned more uh, mm-hmm. in some of these prospect uh, lists and articles that I've been eagerly reading now that... Hockey has come to life again with rookie camps and training camps and so on. Um, I don't know. I think those two guys are the are sort of the top two names I've certainly heard uh, regarding right. you know Sharks players making it. Although Jacob Middleton is another one. Yeah, Jacob Middleton on defense. I mean, he's sort of lumped into that Middleton, uh, Nick D. Simone. Yeah, and then the dark horse dude who is getting a lot of buzz. Is Mario Ferraro. Mario Ferraro is, everybody says this guy just is, he's just got a lot of, he's got an engine. The guy just never stops. Right. And um, will he break camp with the Sharks or will he play this year with the Barracuda? You know, it probably is a good idea to have him play. But he's a defenseman. But he's a defenseman, right? right. I mean, in Middleton, so we're, we're on the back end here, really. You know, you once Shimmick is healthy, you've got your your top five, right? Mm-hmm. And then is it going to be Middleton, Dalton, Prout, Prout, 
Mario mm-hmm. Ferraro and Nick DeSimone. Mm-hmm. Tim mm-hmm. Heed. Tim Heed. You've got those players in the mix. Two of them will be around. One will be the scratch. One of them will be, you know, the uh, sixth guy. And I think that's a legitimate roster battle right now to see who's going to emerge. Seems like Tim Heed's got the in, got the inside track. Though, Does right? he? I mean, you know, I've always i I think I like Tim Heed more than Pete DeBoer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think everybody on Earth likes <laughs> Tim Heed more than Pete DeBoer. Well, they must. They obviously like him more than they like Yoakam Ryan. That's true. Who they is really, so bad? He's playing for the Kings. They dished him quick, didn't they? Well, surprising. He he didn't make the most of any of his opportunities. He really looked out of place a lot. Maybe he has bad breath. Hmm. Could be. I think he know. just had bad hockey skills. <laughs> that was probably the answer. Um, now we're getting into uh, a player that, you know, played in the playoffs for the Sharks last year, who is, I think a top, Nine role is there for the taking for Dylan Gambrell. Yeah. Will he step up and grab it is the question. Right. Right. It, he seems to be on a lot of these, uh, you know, penciled in rosters. I know Kevin Kurz has mentioned him several times. Yeah. Why wouldn't he be on the roster? Well, I mean, we didn't really see much out of him until game six, mm-hmm. uh, where he scored the only goal for the Sharks against the St. Louis Blues in a game that was pretty hopeless. I think he made the score 2 1. Uh, and kind of, you know, brought some life back into the team, and that took a lot of stones. I admired that a lot. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot going on. The Sharks were playing with half a team at that point. Yep. Uh, I like that he he stepped up there. So I'm really hoping this is sort of a, you know, make it happen or get lost year for him. If you, you know, yeah, if you can't make a roster that has this many open jobs, then yeah, I, I would sort of question whether you're going to be an NHL player at all. Another European player, Joel Kelman. This is right out of the Doug Wilson playbook. 25 years old, international, UFA. In the style of Donskoy, Carlson, Sorensen, and others. Joel Kelman, dark horse. Mm -hmm. Dark horse. One name I haven't really heard mentioned that obviously made the team out of camp last year is Antisuamela. Yep. Have you heard or read anything about him? It seems like he's obviously around. Next on my list, dude, and I'm going to make a prediction right near, now. Now. Right near. Right, I'm gonna right a, now. I'm going to make a prediction gonna, right now. I'm going to make a prediction right now is Carol Channing. And I'm going to say hello, Dolly, and hello, Suamela. Dude, I'm going to call it right now. Suamela not only breaks camp with the team, but he com- becomes... An important player on this team, an effective player on this team. I believe that he will make a impact this year. Auntie Suamela will be what the Sharks hoped he was going to be this year. Wow. Bold prediction. That's a pretty bold prediction because I really haven't heard much buzz about this guy. Well, they they had a chance to just walk away, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was a player, by all reports last year, had a lot of options. A lot of teams were pursuing him as an international free agent. He chose the Sharks. It did not go well. It went well initially. Yeah, and then like he just games. fell off a cliff. Yeah. He didn't play very well statistically with the Barracuda either. But obviously, the coaching staff and Doug Wilson be- believed in him enough right. that he's back. And, you know, if that happened to you, right, you know, and you underperformed, a team gave you a chance. He's coming back. I think he got a two year deal, hmm. you know. Uh, this guy, I just, I got a feeling, dude, this guy is going to, is going to pan out. You Hope know, it right. took Marcus Sorensen, remember his first year was yeah. not so bueno either. Right. And, you know, he was a very important part of the Sharks last year, scoring almost 20 goals, very effective player in stretches. And I think Suamela is going to fill a need up the middle. 
Okay. Dan Dan Daniel Daniel. Yeah. Yurtagyakin. Okay. KHL player with championship experience and world junior experience due to another European, you know, uh, Russian player here. Right. That uh, sneaky player, Doug Wilson style. There's a lot of guys in the mix here. Mm-hmm. And I love a good open competition, right? Yeah. Because there's definitely, there's stuff to play for here. You know, oh, guys, yeah. there's, oh, yeah. there is something to play for. And even guys, you know, who were on the team, like a guy like Barkley Goudreau, I don't think that he's guaranteed to be in the lineup or is he even guaranteed to have a roster spot? Well, I think one one projected roster had him moving to the wing and it might have been Kurz who said, you know, they're not super stoked on him in the center position. So maybe he moves to the wing and they find a better fourth line center. Sure. So there you have it, dude. I mean, uh, Aaron Dell is penciled in as the second goalie, but they do have several of the goalies in camp. And will one of them unseat him? You know, he's he's. I think he got a pretty detailed sharks max mask in the off season, so he seems to feel pretty good about sticking around. He also got. Uh, <laughs> there's also an article in the Mercury News today saying Dell has to quote deliver, yeah. as Pete DeBoer says. So it's not as if the job is his just to lounge around. And in. it shouldn't be. He was not good last year. He was not good. And we've talked before about you know Martin Jones at his best was when he was pushed by James Reimer. Mm -hmm. That was when he was at his best. That's when he had that elite playoff run because James Reimer was there and he knew that he had somebody who could come in and take over for him at any time. Mm -hmm. You know, James Reimer was playing well and was a legitimate NHL goaltender sitting on the bench. And I don't know if Aaron Dell gives him the same... You know, right. sense of someone looking over his shoulder. Certainly, if you have a 886 save percentage, I think you'd feel pretty good about your number one job. <laughs> right. Which, uh, you know, and not that Martin Jones was much better, but but still, I mean, Antoine Bebo, I think, was a good uh, goalie for the very yeah. last year. I think we're probably going to see him in at least one preseason game, if not more. Yeah. Um, I think Dell has people breathing down his neck. And I think even the backup goalie, I think his name is Joseph Kornar for the, for the Barracuda. I think he's not a bad goalie either. I mean, Dell could be as far as fourth or fifth on the depth chart here if he doesn't play his cards right. Um, so he's got to be, he should be a little bit nervous. I hope he is um, because, I mean, I have nothing against him, but you can't play in this league and have an 885 save percentage. It's just not possible. No. So hopefully he'll, he was so good two years ago. The Sharks, I think, were afraid they'd lose him in free agency, and they right. locked him up. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, he's going to be able to figure that out. Both him and Martin Jones were were bad yeah. last year for most of the year, and uh, a lot of that was a product of how bad our defense was in their own end. And you know, is the biggest X factor this year Bob Bugner's return to the team? I, I think it could. It might be one of those things that. Most you know casual fans certainly will never think about, but could actually have a huge impact, right? Bob Bugner famously was the defensive coach when Brent Burns won the Norris Trophy. He's back. Um, I don't see how this is ever going to be a downside. I mean, this right. is this is a win. I, it's weird, you know. I mean, I bet there's some serious like Housewives of Orange County action going on with the assistant coaches because there was that weird shakeup in the middle of the year last year. And now Rob Zettler is the only assistant coach who's not back. I mean, it must have been a little bit uncomfortable 
being an assistant coach for the Sharks last year, you know, all of a sudden just one guy gets whacked. The other guys are still there. People are changing roles. Bob Bugner's back. Steve Spots back on the power play. Excited? Steve Spots back on the power play. Excited? <laughs> no? Not exactly. Oh, no. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe maybe this makes the whole defensive core better. Uh, maybe this kicks uh, Brent Burns back into another Norris Trophy-like gear. I mean, he wasn't sure. far off it anyway sure. in terms of point production. But I'm excited for, you know, Bob Bugner to work with a player like Roddy Mishimik, like I think who is not quite in the Bugner style, you know, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but physical like Bugner. Right. Right. And I think having him as a mentor and a coach is going to really continue to elevate his game because if Shimmick is healthy, I mean that 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 presence that he brought, not the biggest player, right? But he he can really wreck you. Yeah. You know, and it sounds like Mario Ferraro has a little bit to, of that to his game. Yeah. yeah. Um and we know Brandon Dillon it can have that in stretches, and maybe we'll see all three of those pl- players get a little bit meaner. Um and you know, I mean Brent Burns had his he's had so many good years for the Sharks, his best year was when Bugner was his coach. And so, you know, will we see Burns pick it up in his own end? Will we see Burns uh, get a little bit of that nasty back in his game, which I think has been lacking the last two years? Um, It will be exciting to see. It's only a positive. Mm -hmm. It's only a positive. You know, Bugner was... um, and, and, and we see this all the time in the NFL where uh, coaches get fired from their head coaching gig and they go back to being a coordinator, which is really where they should have just been anyways. <clears throat> like they're just yeah. way better at that. And they're elite level coordinators and they're just not great head coaches. And right. I'm not saying Bob Bugner can't be a good head coach. Maybe he will be um, down the road. But you know he was very good for the Sharks that year and hopefully he'll continue to do so this year. Right, right. Well, dude, the other news of the week is is something that I think almost everyone predicted in, in the Sharks' award of the captaincy. Uh, maybe it's a slightly newsworthy that they awarded it so early, even really before camp started. But Logan Couture is now uh, the new captain of the San Jose Sharks. This is something that pretty much everybody called. I guess, you know, the only the only thing, the only other person it might have been was uh, Eric Carlson. But since he's, you know, a new Shark and he was the captain in Ottawa, that, that seemed unlikely since he was so new and Logan Couture really stepped up and took a leadership role in the playoffs last year and was such a good playoff performer. It just makes sense that Logan Couture is the one. Um, but you know, there's another host of, of assistant captains that I think will rotate. Um, and as he said, and everybody else says, there's plenty of leaders in the room. It, sure. You know, it's just a letter on the Jersey, but, uh, congratulations to him. I think that's what everybody wanted. That's what everybody called. So, uh, that's great. I'm sure it's a feather in his cap. Yeah. Natural progression for sure. And it was definitely the right choice. And I think it's smart by the sharks to not have it be, I mean, there's been enough of that captaincy drama around this team in the past that hasn't been part of the equation for several years. So to have it be, you know, ambiguous going into the preseason games, I, I don't know how that could have been good. Right. Especially when I think everybody was on the same page in that there was really only one choice. I think you could have given it to Eric Carlson. I don't know how that would have gone over, you know, right. um, to be honest. I mean, he's an elite uh, all-star, all, you know, NHL player who has really been part of the team for 50 games. So, right. Um, I don't know how appropriate that would have been. If this is a team that needed a reboot, if this is a team that added an elite player and right. wanted to suddenly, okay, turn over a new leaf and, 
you know, create a new identity for itself, then Eric Carlson would be the right choice. The Sharks don't need a new identity, right? No. The, the Sharks lost to the Stanley Cup champion last year. And, you know, they were <laughs> close to the finals the year before that. And they went to the finals the year before that. This is a team that's going to compete for the Stanley Cup finals again. Uh, this is a team that needs a, a very smooth transition from captain to captain. And, and they're going to get that with Logan Couture for sure. Dude, I, I'm... There's not much other news. I, well, there's NHL news that we can get into. Um, yeah, some of the restricted free agents are starting to come off the board here. Right. Mitch Marner signs a big deal with Toronto. We've seen McAvoy sign. Uh, we've Proveroff seen uh, Proveroff sign. We saw the kid in uh, Columbus sign. Uh, so, you know, there that that domino fell, and mm-hmm. the rest of the players are starting to fall into place. So these, these daydreams of uh, franchises thinking that they might pick up some of these restricted free agents are are falling by the wayside. But what is still out there, and um, it's a bit of a tricky dance, is you know how some of these teams who are up against the cap, Toronto, Carolina, et cetera, are they going to be looking to shed some salary going into the season? And you know, shockingly, you know the Sharks are in the middle of the pack, right, mm-hmm. in terms of cap space. They think they've got about two point seven million dollars. Could a team like the Sharks, who definitely has some roster holes up front? be in line to pick up a veteran forward that's not on too expensive of a deal sometime in the next three weeks? It's possible. I just read an article about a guy that I have a uh, certain affection for. Um, I don't necessarily think he would really fit with the Sharks, and I guess I heard that there were a few teams that were interested in his services, but camp has already started, and he's completely unsigned. He's at home in Massachusetts, and this is the the uh, not our boy Dan Boyle, but Brian Boyle, sure. Um, I it sounds like I, I don't know what his last contract was, but it sounds like that's the money would be two million or less. I think for Brian Boyle, maybe less. I know he's had some health scares. I think he had mm-hmm. pretty serious health scare a year or two yeah. ago, yeah. cancer scare. I think. Yeah. Um, I like Brian Boyle as a player. I know he's thirty four or thirty five, so I'm not quite sure that's the kind of player they're looking for. But he's a big, tough guy. Can take face offs. Um, you know. Not you know I'm putting in a good word for him. I don't think it's going to make sense. It doesn't make sense for the Sharks, and that wasn't one of the teams that was mentioned in the article I read. But I, I like him as a player. But that may be the kind of player the Sharks might be able to get. Yeah, I've always liked Brian Boyle. Respect him. I think he's a good bottom six hockey player who you know is certainly a net presence and yeah. uh, adds some toughness and some size to your team. Um, I don't think that that's the direction that they're looking here. I think that if they were looking for somebody, I mean, they had the opportunity to add you know, uh, some of these older veteran players, a Patrick Maroon type guy who were, you know, signing for pennies, you know, essentially if they had wanted someone like that, they had the cap space to do it. They didn't, uh, you know, you never even heard them really attached to them. The sharks have $2.7 million in space. Um, this is another bold prediction, dude. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Uh, I've made my first bold prediction is Ante Suomela will make the team will, be a regular contributor this year will play 70 plus games with the sharks wow uh second bold prediction i've just been thinking about this as i started looking at the roster sharks drafted ryan markley right yep two years ago still without an ohl team by the way and i started thinking about it and i was like this doesn't make any sense to me I think they took him because he was clearly the best player on the board and that they took the best player there yeah but when you look at the Sharks, they have the two best offensive defensemen in the NHL signed to long-term deals, and they're going to be around for a long time. That's right. 
why do they need Ryan Merkley? I don't think they have any intention of playing Ryan Merkley ever. I think Ryan Merkley will be traded at the deadline. He is their best asset. They don't have picks. They have Ryan Merkley. They have 2.7 in cap space, which will continue to grow during the year when they don't use it. Mm -hmm. And they can add a significant piece when they're chasing down the cup at the deadline and Merkley's the bait. Believe it or not. I don't believe it. No. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it's a stock market reason. Ryan Merkley's stock right now is pretty low. There, There isn't a team in juniors that wants him. This is one of the highest point scoring defensemen in the Canadian Hockey League and nobody wants him. That's but not good. How, Teams how, aren't going to be lined up sure, around the block. But how much do we... I mean, what do we really know about this situation, right? I mean, I haven't seen anything other than... He's got traded more than Daniel Winnick and no one wants to play him. Okay, so... This guy, he's down on his luck, dude. <laughs> dude. Okay, dude. Well, Daniel Winnick. Oh my god, I just, I, I just caught that. Fair point, dude. Fair point. I don't know enough about the current situation where, you no, know, he was traded. Um, he seems shocked that he's not going back to the team that he currently is with. Right. Um, the Sharks, when asked about it, took the standard party line and don't seem to care. Yeah, they're like, whatever, right. he'll play, he'll be fine. You know, um, could he just, can they just say, screw it, you're not going back to juniors, you're going to play with the Barracuda and we'll just activate your your, your yeah. contract now. They could. I think the Sharks are better served doing that and just keeping him right under their nose? I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I guess it sort of comes down to whether another OHL team will want him. Uh, but the, I just the thing is just the optics on that are are not great, and and I think a lot of teams the reason he dropped so low for the Sharks to pick is because he was known as a head case, and obviously this behavior is continuing or it looks like it's continuing. The fact that he has not signed that he d has not yet been traded and is not really on a junior team just it doesn't enhance his trade value dude and i don't see how it's going to be rehabilitated between now and the trade deadline so yeah maybe ryan merkley is a long-term trade bait but he's got to he's got to make some points and he's got to sort of get his image back in decent shape i think before the sharks should look into trading a guy like that because he may just be all upside you have a quizzical look on yeah, your face no, dude. yeah no i mean well i just googled why doesn't anyone want ryan merkley <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think Doug Wilson Googled that. This too. is uh, what what came up. Ryan Merkley unavailable to attend Pete's camp due to attending Sharks development camp. That was the official release by the, his team, the Peterborough Pete's. Okay. So I know that I've read, and I don't remember where, these comments that he isn't going to be coming back. But I don't know what the reals. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. I don't know. It seems hard to believe that there's no team in junior that's going to want this player because he's such a douchebag. Yeah. I mean, like whatever. It, I don't know. It, it. I don't. There's no stories that go along with it that sound like anything other than immaturity. Not mm -hmm. like he's a destructive presence right so i don't know i think the jury's uh, yeah, out yeah i guess what my point is is that the the overall idea is sound i think is that the sharks have two great elite puck moving defensemen that's what ryan merkley is his problem is defense the sharks if anything are going to need more of that 
It seems like they have too much of one thing. I get that. I just don't think that it's going to... If they are going to trade him, it's not going to be this year. Hmm. I don't think it'll be this year okay. if, if they decide to go that way. Fair. Unless Fair. someone offers a King's Ransom for him and he just blows up blows well, up I Junior mean, with we'll, another 100 well, points. We'll, we'll have to wait and see where he ends up playing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, maybe they envision this three-headed monster with him playing on the third pair and they just have these three God. elite puck yeah. movers. Yeah just destroying people every night, yeah. you know, and maybe that's the way that they want to go. Maybe that's completely unstoppable. Just, you know, I, I, Sounds good. I, I look at the cap space and I, I wonder what Doug Wilson's plan is it plan is for it because you know, it's not to just have it be empty, right? You know, he's going to use that at some point. Does he want to use it now on someone like Brian Boyle? I think unlikely. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to want to wait to see down the road who might be available when it, you know, a bigger fish is free and, you know, he doesn't have a lot of bullets to play with here. True. So, you know, having some of these younger skilled players playing for the Barracuda is probably helpful because hopefully they'll play well. Hopefully they'll have great seasons together and maybe they can be used as, you know, enticement to other teams to uh, make a trade down the road because the Sharks just don't have the picks to offer. Yeah. I can see that. And also, you know, there might be injury problems and you got to plug a hole when there's an injury issue. Sure. And so waiting certainly makes more sense than trying to spend it all right now. Right. So, dude, NHL-wise, you mentioned Mitch Marner signed, all these RFAs signed. So a lot of, actually, a lot of useful news in the in the past few days. What, what do you think about all these deals? Do you think they're too rich? you think they're in line? you think some are good, some are bad? I, I, didn't, I didn't see if... Uh, did Ranton sign in Colorado? I didn't see that. No, I haven't seen that one yet, dude. I mean, I, like that's the one I think that affects the Sharks kind of the most. Honestly, uh, I mean the 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 Marner deal. I mean this this guy is a 22 year old dude who had 94 points last year. Right, I mean, he's an elite player. So yeah, uh, 11 million dollars, 10.9. That's about right. I guess that's the you market. Know? But now they got three guys making that well, kind of money. Well, but that's but are they approaching Edmonton Oilers territory where they've just done a really lousy job of managing their toys? You know, they spent all this money on John Tavares, right? When maybe they should have spent that on Eric Carlson, right? You know, what I mean, like maybe, their yeah. roster is still incredibly unbalanced to me. Like they don't have a good defense, right? And they lost Jake Gardner. I know they added the guy from Colorado, you know, which I think is, I mean, I, maybe a slight improvement, but not a significant improvement. I'm yeah. not sure how they make a huge jump. They're going to be good. They're going to be offensively talented, but will they be significantly better? You know, should they have traded Mitch Marner for, you know, a player like Jared Spurgeon who just signed with yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. You know, could you have gotten Spurgeon plus um, yes. the guy they've tried to give, in a, give away like five times? Oh, Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker. Like, if could he, they have gotten those two guys? That would have been insane. For Mitch Marner. Isn't that about right, though? I mean, like, that's about right. You know, a Minnesota that's... gets a hundred point forward who's 22 and you get a good a, a, an all-star defenseman and a top line forward and I mean that's about right yeah that's a, I mean that's about right if and I, I were think, Toronto I'd do that deal every day of the but week but this you know they 
have a not I don't think they've done a good job of assembling this roster. I think they've got some good players, but you look at Nylander, Marner, Tavares, um Matthews. Matthews, it's just way too top heavy and they don't have a lot of balance. And I think it's going to continue to be you know, they're undoing, dude. Like, I mean, you look at their D. Okay, Morgan Riley, good player, yeah, right? Good player. They got Cody Cece. You know, I mean, he, he's okay. Jake's Muzzin's good if he can be healthy. Jake Muzzin, Tyson Berry. I mean, it, it's 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 fine. It's solid. It's not great. It's yeah. not great, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's good enough, and I think that they are lacking in depth beyond their top six. But if you look at, I mean, not that this is a be-all, end-all, but you look at Vegas Futures, I think Toronto's number three. Yeah, well, Toronto's I mean, number three in terms I, of odds I, to Vegas win Vegas Futures, dude, you know, a lot of that has to do with public reception, right? Yeah. They know they're going to take a lot of money on Toronto no matter what. Everybody's going to bet on the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody's going to bet on Toronto. So, yeah. who knows? Dude, Charlie McAvoy, uh, $4.9 million, uh a year. You know, this guy is also a really solid player. I mean, 32 points, 28 points. I mean, he hasn't really put together a full season yet, but when he's playing and not hurt, he's good. And he's also, he's 21. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good deal. I don't, I don't think there, I don't have any problem with, with, with these deals. You know, I think that these are, you know, these are good young players. I think maybe the one that might be the most out of whack could be Provorov. I mean, Provorov um, had 26 points last year in 82 games. The year before, he had 41. And now he's making, you know, $6.8 million. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of money. I mean, uh, I don't know, is Provorov that much better than Charlie McAvoy? You know? Uh, Is Provorov that much better than uh, Zach uh, Wierinski, who's making five? You know, um, I'm not sure that yeah. Philly got the best out of that deal, right? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You and know, there's still a lot of guys that aren't signed. Line A and and uh, who's the other guy in in Winnipeg that's unsigned? It's just there's still quite a few. Yeah, quite a yeah, few out. Several. There. So you know, we'll have to wait and see um, what happens. Yeah, dude, are you reading the? Lucision uh, team previews on the athletic. I refuse to tell you what my research might be oh, for God. the uh, dudes on hockey season draft, so you cannot uh, track okay. how I'm analyzing these teams. I haven't read any, <laughs> but I, I I will. I want to. They're yes. actually I, I I love them. They're very long winded each one, but you get individual. It's all very stats based. Yeah. He has a model. And he's and, great. And he, he, and he models everybody. And yeah. And so, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple of teams so far that, that have been sort of eye opening in terms of what he's predicted. Um, you know, I, he predicts the devils to bounce back quite a bit, which I thought was interesting. And, uh, he predicts the wild to be bouncing back, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, since uh, they both didn't do so well last year, so we'll see. I I, lo- I won't. He goes in in sort of reverse order. He starts with the worst teams, so obviously he starts with the Senators, and then he moves all the way to the best teams. So the question is, where are the Sharks going to fall right now? I think they're at fifteen or fourteen as of this. The well, Sharks of, are in top ten. Yeah, no right. question. But I want to see certain things about, you know, one thing that's interesting is he's moved to a different model this year and he's been able to tease out or he's trying to tease out um, how good a goalie is based on quality of shots and based on goals expected, which is takes into account a lot 
a lot more than what you see with save percentage and wins and things like that. Uh, for instance, with Minnesota, Minnesota has maybe the best defense in the league or one of the one of the two or three best defenses in the league. They just prevent goals like crazy. And if you look at their goalie stats, their goalie stats look pretty good. Like the guy's got 915, 920 save percentage. And and Lucision says, yeah, um, Devin Dubnik sucks. Like this guy's <laughs> terrible. Like yeah. he, you know, he has this mark of how many goals he should have saved and then how many did he actually save either over or under and it's way under. Right. And so one thing we talked about earlier in the show is the Sharks allowed all these chances early in the season. One thing I'm really interested in seeing is, okay, does that make, does that make, uh, um, Jones look better or worse right. if the if the Sharks gave in gave up all these great chances and they let in all these shots these high quality shots the fact that Jones has a bad save percentage is that really just that's just par for the course that's what should have happened or is it both bad goaltending and bad D or one or the other it's it's interesting so I'm 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 reading these uh these previews with a lot of interest so I just want to for those of you who have the athletic make sure to read them um especially if you got a lot of time to kill so uh we got some games coming up this week, too. Yeah, we, we got do. a game, uh, I believe, on Tuesday night at mm-hmm. home against the Ducks. Then the Sharks will go to Calgary on Wednesday. Um, uh, you know, dude, I mean, this is where they usually split the teams up, right? And they, you know, have a lot of the veteran guys won't be playing um, back-to-back games and things like that. We got a game against Vegas on Saturday at home. So, um I know you've got tickets for all of these. Of course. I love preseason. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish they, you know, I haven't noticed that the Sharks are actually going to be on any of the broadcasts um, uh, or that they're broadcasting any of the preseason games. I do like to see what some of these young guys are doing. But, right. Um, going and paying to watch a preseason game <laughs> is a painful experience. So It can be. usually yeah. do that. I'm yeah. not planning on doing that, dude. But... Uh, I think it, we'll learn a lot. There's a lot to learn here mm-hmm. about uh, what's going to happen in, in the preseason. And by the same token, you can't take how a player performs or doesn't perform in a single game and say, ah, he's not NHL already. You know, it's one game. It's, right. it's too hard. Sure. But, but there's a, there's like we've said, there's a lot of opportunity out there. So um, we'll be able to check back in next Sunday after having three preseason games. Uh, under the Sharks' belt. They'll be halfway done with the preseason and we'll be uh, ready to analyze the roster. Yeah, and and see if, if we can tease out any hints of who might make that opening night roster because it's still very much up in the air. And means we're just one, one more episode away, well, actually two, from the draft. From the draft, the That's Vegas right. draft. All, All right, right, dude. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league